0: Welcome, everybody.
1: Let's talk real estate, your weekly BS with Barry Sawitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today to find the best solutions going forward, with our man right in the middle, Barry Sawitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul. And uh, good morning to everybody out there, all of our listeners and our viewers. Welcome back. We have another exciting week show of Let's Talk Real Estate. I am Barry Sawitz, president of the Sawitz Company and managing partner of Barry Sawitz Properties, and if it's one thing that I've learned in my 30-plus years of uh, doing real estate, is to take a look at both sides of the equation and try and get intelligent information so that you can make good, sound business decisions. And today uh, is no different. We're going to take a closer look at one of the niches of the markets that's uh, one of my favorites. I love to talk about it, and we do it all the time at uh, the office, and and frankly at home is the apartment market uh, here in Orange County in Southern California. And no one better to talk to than Dan Blackwell, our guest, Executive Vice President at CBRE here in Newport Beach. Dan, welcome
0: to the show. Barry, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so before we get started, I want to do a quick shout-out. Today's shout-out is to all the lifeguards out there. It's summertime. Uh, The beaches are packed. Uh, All you folks out there that help keep the beaches safe and uh, sound and and rescue those in need. Thanks for doing what you're doing, and I'm jealous because you got a better tan than I do. So for today's show, uh, we could probably talk all day. I want to drill down, and I want to talk about uh the apartment market in particular but certain aspects of it since i I believe it's really in the in the midst of getting ready to to change and evolve uh as it always is and so Dan, you've been doing this for a while, and uh, I guess first, your team at CBRE uh, is really the the preeminent uh, multifamily team here in Orange County, and CBRE as a whole, the largest uh, real estate commercial real estate brokerage company in the world. Um, how does the company look at it, and how does your team look at um, Orange County as an apartment market as a whole relative to the rest of the country?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. And uh, you know, just to dive right in, I think long term we are fundamentally optimistic on multifamily real estate and covering Orange County, we've really been insulated from a lot of turbulence that we saw, for example, in COVID. Fundamentally, it's very, very sound, very low vacancy rates historically, rental rates continuing to rise over time. So we feel Compared to other markets, like possibly some, some things that are changing within New York City, we've got New York in general, you've got some rent control issues going on there. We've got other changes within L.A., uh, San Francisco, some of the other markets where there's there's more changes than you're seeing on a statewide level here. Um, you've seen a flock of, of capital coming to Orange County, and we've also seen folks that already aren't in Orange County doubling down because of the strong fundamentals and more, of, more or less a safe haven if you compare it to some of the other markets within America. I think all those markets are great in their own ways, but a lot of folks really have have chosen Orange County Uh, to to invest in multi family real estate.
1: If you can, and if you can play, and if you can enter the market, right? I mean, I think that's sort of the biggest issue. And the things that we see is we see some people exiting uh, their investments in California, number one, because potentially they think that the market is at an all-time high, and maybe they can do better by taking it elsewhere or with rent control or other state regulations. Maybe go to Texas or Florida where it's less regulated. But at the end of the day, I mean, I believe, as do I think a lot of others, that uh, there's really very few, if any, places that are better to invest in than in Orange County between the weather and the economy, the dynamic, and then just the lack of supply and continued growth over the years.
0: Totally agree. Those are the reasons why it's just been a great performing asset class for, for the past 10, 20, 30 years, and it's got a good, bright future.
1: I want to rewind for a second because you look at pre-COVID, uh, and you look at what the apartment market was doing at that point, and while, in my opinion, it was chugging along and things were fine and cap rates were slowly going down and people's investments were uh, slowly increasing and, and everything was doing well, you did not have massive rent increases and you did not have massive price increases, although everything was on the up. And then COVID hits, mm-hmm. and you go into a tailspin, and you can't really raise anybody's rents, you can't even really get anybody to pay so easy, and then all of a sudden now we're coming out of it, and while COVID is still hanging around, you're really in in this post-COVID investment era in terms of dealing with the economy and inflation and all the other factors that are going on. What was it like during COVID in terms of the activity of being able to sell product and, and get people to actually step up and do something? Or was it a hunker down?
0: Well, it was, it was hunker down. I mean, I'm looking back thinking when we entered COVID, when it was shut down, we had just launched a number of properties to market for sale. And we had about 10 or 15 escrows at the time. And um, it, it just it just froze. And where it really froze was investors didn't know what to do what happened was the banks pulled out, yep. right? They raised their rates. I remember Chase raising their rates. It was on Friday, it was 4%. On on Monday, it was 475. And you know, then they just pulled out and they wanted additional funds set in a separate account for Everybody's payments nervous, for right? a year. It's so, so those few months, were, there wasn't a whole lot going on. It was man- maintain and keep the transactions together that were currently under contract and then find the market, right? And I think a lot of people were really concerned about Myself included, we were just like, are people gonna pay rent? What's gonna happen? So what we did, once the banks kinda shut things off or pulled back, there was still some liquidity in the market, banks were financing deals, but it w- was it was a very uncertain time. So things kinda went from 100 miles an hour back, probably about down to 50 miles an hour. And um, we already were sizing and evaluating multiple multifamily assets in Southern California. We had all the books and records. We were seeing that collections a few months later were Still in the 90s for occupancy, they were in 92, 95 collectively, and we we surveyed multiple buildings, small, medium, large, various markets, and we started putting out videos about it and was we sharing it with other owners because there was nobody knew what other people right, were. Right. We, we didn't know the collections. Now we saw that LA, that when we surveyed LA on a macro level, I mean they were probably at some point, you know, they were in the 80s in collections overall, and, and Orange County. We surveyed thousands of units and we were never lower than 92 percent. We chose to to push out the truth, but also it's 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 optimistic, it's not doom and gloom. This is what's really happening. Everybody else is collecting rents. So we kept putting that out. We did that for twenty months running. Every month we did a rent collection video, sent it out. But about when the banks found that the market was stable, you know, probably about ninety days into COVID, they, they turned the lending back on things started stabilizing full steam. They really? went full steam rates dropped right it just kicked back into gear and then you just saw it just run and
1: so now let's fast forward because if we rewind to january rates all-time low activity all-time high prices all-time high cap rates all-time low i mean i i don't if there was a pinnacle of the bell curve i would say it's first quarter of this year even with all the supply chain issues and covid and everything else and now you have rising interest rates and other bad things that are looming in potentially in the economy. What's the sentiment now in terms of what the future holds? Or are people back to this uncertainty?
0: Well, it's back to uncertainty. You know, it's back to uncertainty. We've got interest rates rising. You know, your, a lot of your syndicators that are obtaining bridge financing. I mean, that's very difficult to do that right now. It's it's much higher. The costs are much higher. So they have to factor that into their model. They have to also factor in an exit where the, where the interest rates are going to be when they take out that bridge financing. There's uncertainty with that. There's rising costs to renovate units. So a lot of the syndicator groups, a lot of them are pencils down. You know, they're pencils away. They've kind of watched this play out. They still want to make transactions happen to keep things going, it's a very difficult time because there hasn't really been a major trend shift in values.
1: And so the disconnect in dynamic is you talk about underwriting of properties the bank is going to underwrite to whatever their interest rate is. And if their interest rate is rising, or even if they believe that the interest rates will continue to rise, they will be even stricter on their underwriting, which means lower loan to values and means tougher to get the property to pencil, which to me has to put pressure on the values of the property. But yet it hasn't happened because you still have this other dynamic going on, which is supply and demand because you still have extremely low supply and so you still have money out there chasing deals. The question will be where does it go at the end of the day? Can you buy a property at a 3 or 4 cap and then go finance it at 5 or 6% and does that really hunt at the end of the day? Yeah. Or does the guy put his pencil down and say I'm going to be I'm going to wait and who who buys that?
0: Exactly. I mean there's there's typically we represent high net worth investors that are either in 10th or one exchanges have a need not not a want. Right, they they need to acquire an asset. That, that's really what you need to be doing as a, as as a broker in today's market. You need to be working with buyers with a need. Things can change, right? Their lenders can retrade them and cut their loan proceeds from down from sixty percent right. to fifty because they're they're stressing at a higher interest rate because the things are rising. So there's all types of of volatility within the marketplace. You need to be working with folks that have to transact, need to transact. They're they're still out there. They're still acquiring, looking for good assets because, like you said, the supply is. It's regardless of whatever cycle we're in. I mean, typically, we're just in a very low inventory environment within Orange County.
1: And is that a result of the fact that you have really this uncertainty both on the buyer and the seller side? Because it seems to me, if I'm the seller, then if I believe that the market has topped out, I should sell. I should do it now and get the heck out. But then what am I going to do with my money? I'll have to go exchange or pay the tax or go out of state. And then I could just wait and see what happens and hold it and see if I can raise my rents and capitalize on the fact that the rental market is still pretty good. But then if my tenants don't move or they might not pay if the economy gets worse, I've got risk with that. And so if, if I sit on the sideline as a seller, it's less product in the market,
0: right? Uh, totally. I mean, going back to COVID, when COVID hit and the restrictions came in, rent control, more restrictions came in, moratorium evictions, et cetera, et cetera. It created a lot of people to want to exit out of California, right? And that created a local opportunity for somebody to acquire their down leg. If that person went and sold their 32 units in orange and went out of state and bought something in Arizona or Texas or Florida and locked a local asset here. And so that's where the low supply market, but that created an opportunity for another investor to acquire that. So that was an uptick, and that's what also created more transaction velocity.
1: It also increased the property values in other markets outside of Southern California, like Las Vegas, like Arizona, like Texas, because buyers from California would take their proceeds and go to other states and go, well, this is cheap, and didn't mind paying a little bit of a premium or top dollar, which ran the price up right i mean no different oh, than totally. than a home buyer who says look i can't buy a house in orange county for less than a million dollars that's a good one and i go to arizona and i can buy something for 2 or 3 or 400 grand an extra 20 or 30 thousand on the price doesn't really move my needle and so it moves these other markets up which now then the entire market gets raised up
0: exactly i've read somewhere just california alone is the eighth largest economy in the world or something along those lines and so when you have that large of an economy migrating capital into other markets it's gonna i mean it can be a tremendous amount of appreciation if you've got all that exit ca- capital going out and that's what we saw we saw cap rates in phoenix and in dallas i mean these were getting sub four yeah, yeah. and and it, it kind of paired back to orange county you know where, where caps here are you know about the same as you're going to get in phoenix right And what we saw was, at some point, there was a cycle. The the capital kind of migrated out and then circled back to Orange County and said, look, if I can get the same levels of return, rent restrictions here in Orange County, aside from Santa Ana, right? right? Because Santa Ana is a stricter rent control. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. But aside from that, I would just rather buy in my backyard.
1: Yeah, and so that gets back to my next question, which is in today's world, who are the buyers that are out there? Is it uh, Certainly it's the 1031 guys because they have to, mm-hmm. but you still have the first time buyer who says, look, I own four Utes, I wanna try try and trade up to eight. Are the international buyers around or are they still gone? I mean, are, are they gone and then, you know, that capital's really not running around and, and then are the institutional and bigger guys just kind of waiting it out? I mean, who, who's out there buying stuff?
0: It's a little of everything. We're not seeing any foreign money come in and buy some assets. You know, typically that's very rare. I mean, that we saw that more prevalent in 2015, 2016. Now that money, that's like second gen, third gen kind of cycling exchange money. So that's more local capital. But we see 1031 exchange money. We see the first time buyers. We see people have sold their businesses or companies and they want to go in and acquire yeah. multifamily yeah. real estate, cash out refinances. You know, a lot of folks here, why supply is so low? is they hold never sell. Makes sense. You buy good real estate, it produces income for you, keep it, borrow against it tax-free, go buy another building. So it just keeps inventories at, a, at an all-time low. Those are the folks that are buying. You've got some syndicator money that's out. It's, it's hard as a, as a syndicator to, to acquire assets in Orange County. A lot of them want to keep buying here it's just hard to make the numbers work for them. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and it seems to me also the cash out refinance guy now with the rates ticked up the way they are makes it very difficult if he didn't already pull his money out. That's right. Because if now you want to refinance, I had lunch with a friend of mine last week and he said, I'm thinking about refinancing my house, pulling the money out, doing exactly what you said, and maybe I'll buy like a fourplex or something and you know get into the investment market. And then he said, well, I can't really do it because I got to go buy something at a three or four cap and uh, I'm going to borrow Money at five or six percent, and so it's an inverse dynamic. And so, I think those guys now are off to the side. The folks that have cash, that have either that have existing properties, or have already pulled out their money, uh, I think there'll be opportunities for them going forward. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts.
0: I totally agree. And there's no timing. I mean, yeah, you got to make an interest payment on the money you pulled out, but you're not under this 1031 exchange. You have got to close in six right. months, so you can kind of wait and watch watch things play out. And I think that's majority of buyers in the market are like, if I see an asset that's compelling enough with a value add story that's compelling enough, I'll, I'll put my money to work now. But if not, I'm more or less kinda like gonna wait things until The second half of the year is out.
1: And that was one of the other questions I had for you as well is the buyer that's out there, the majority of them, are they value add where they buy a property, fix it up, make it nicer and try and capitalize on the rents because the rental market is so tight and rents uh, for available units, if you can find them are really at top dollar or is the guy who, let's say in the 1031, does he just buy it, raises everybody's rent a little bit, and then doesn't spend any money and just sort of chugs along? It, it seems to me like play has to be that you have to add value to the property. I mean, the do-nothing doesn't get you the return you need.
0: Yeah, unless you can buy a turnkey asset that doesn't really need anything. That's already fixed up, right, like right. You're going to have to do some level of rent increases and, and stabilize the asset to its potential. It just depends on the asset. You know, we're bringing assets to market where they're 80% stabilized, right? And that's better because you get better loan proceeds. Right. It's, it's going to fit for an exchange buyer more likely than not. Uh, that's the most popular. If you can get something that's kind of near the interest rate to where you don't have negative leverage, where you're not borrowing at five and buying a two cap. Right. But if, but if you can get around a four or a little north of a four going in and there's a little upside to it, I mean, those are going to clear the market in today.
1: And how does that work for folks out there that aren't familiar? So you buy an apartment. I know how it works, but I'm asking you. Sure. So, for the guy out there that buys a property and the rents are low, how do you get the rents up with rent control in place and with the rising trails for renovations? That, to me, is the challenge.
0: It's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. I'm doing it on a small scale personally. And, you know, you're watching your costs run. You have to weigh out, it is the cost... Is the benefit worth it, right? What's your return on cost? Do you wanna push rents and potentially get a vacancy? You you gotta factor all those things in. So I think the biggest thing right now is come August 1st, we as housing providers can raise rents 10% Orange County outside of Santa Ana. Santa Ana has a 3% cap this year. So not everybody's gonna go push out 10% rent increases, but I think more people will take it because they might not be able to in the future. If they right. Well, it's that's, lower, right.
1: Look, uh, somebody who owns a lot more real estate than me said to me, if you're not raising rents 10% as a landlord across the board you've missed out on the opportunity because you'll never be able to recoup it. The market is clearly more than 10%. I've read articles where rents are up, you know, 18, 20, 25%. And in some instances where you have tenants where maybe a landlord, I know we have it, where we didn't raise people's rents or raised it very little during COVID to try and accommodate our tenants. You now have even more of a disconnect between what that tenant is paying. And what the next door unit might rent for, because it's empty and you put some money in to fix it up, and, and it's, it's not 100 or $200. It could be
0: substantial. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, rent control, when statewide rent control was enacted, it, it, woke, it woke all the, the nice landlords up. It woke them up.
1: Yeah, you know, well, you it, 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 look, it forces you yeah, uh, to, I guess, get with the program yeah. because if the landscaper raises his price 30 percent, if chlorine for your pool is up 100 percent, if lumber is up 400 percent and natural gas is up a thousand percent, how can you as a landlord keep pace? You have to raise your rents. It's the only opportunity that you have to be able to pay, So, which sucks for the tenant because at the end of the day, the consumer winds up paying more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Another thing, just going back to one of your points, is how are we able to kind of get rents to market? One, one way on a on a building in Costa Mesa was um, we had a vacancy that came out, renovated that unit, and then went to the existing tenant base and said the market rent on this unit is right. $2,500. we will rent it to you for 2100 And then they, a good tenant moves into that, that unit, right. unlocks their unit. Then mm-hmm. you can go in and renovate their unit, and it's transitioning building. We've seen a lot of investors transition units. Yeah. you don't get to market but you get closer
1: we've gone back to existing tenants and said look we'll do a partial remodel you don't have to move i'll get you new appliances i'll get you you new carpet or new flooring or new blinds or something i can't gut it because you're living there but uh those are things as well creative ways to be able to try and get the rents up and then at least the tenant gets some benefit for the fact that they paid more as opposed to i just had to pay more for nothing exactly
0: yeah really good point
1: so in in terms of let's talk about the impact of the interest rates because i've got to believe if the general population believes that interest rates will continue to rise, or or next week, I believe, certainly they will rise, then what does that do for the perception of going forward for buyers in the market? And is it a self-fulfilling prophecy that if interest rates go up, the value needs to come down? Or is it just I have to uh, readjust myself in terms of what the returns are?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, the stock market... When things happen, it's either already priced in, or it gets priced in pretty quickly. Right. Real estate, it doesn't happen that way. It, it usually takes some time. Usually, it takes about six months for for owners to feel like, okay, this is a, this is a trend. This isn't you know a blip. This is this is the market's adjusted. Cap rates are up twenty five basis points trailing. So if I'm a seller, this yeah. is where I need to be. So it usually takes about at least two quarters price into in the trend back in 20 q4 of 2018 early uh, 2019 i remember getting a chase loan it was 4.75 you know and, and that had run up and it the market transaction volumes really dropped
1: then you look at it today and it's not much more than that i mean the other side of it is it's all relative relative to getting a three percent loan the rates today are terrible but relative to historic interest rates if you rewind it's not that bad but it is an adjustment relative to you also can't buy it at a three cap. and
0: Yeah, I mean, six. everything back to your January, you know, when the bell curve was at, you know, it's tip top. Everything was kind of priced in all the great things about what we have in multifamily real estate location, rents, occupancy, everything else, the the, the cap rates were already priced in. So with interest rates rising just 100 basis points, it can knock out 20, 25, 30% of your cash flow. Yeah. So So it does matter.
1: So what do you tell sellers? Is it a good time to sell or do you wait and see how it unfolds?
0: You know, I think it really goes back to why is the owner looking to sell in the first place? Aside from the market, like their personal need. And if it Makes sense for them to sell if it's I want a um, 1031 exchange get into something passive or I own it within a partnership and I just want to move on and do yeah. my thing or I've got a stepped up basis I don't have to pay a lot of tax I'd like to I prefer to sell if that makes sense for them to sell on a personal level on a market perspective this is still a really good time right because the values are still high this is amazing
1: it's and if I, and the converse of that is if I'm a buyer do you buy or do you wait
0: I think it's if you find something compelling enough To put your capital to work.
1: Don't buy for the sake of buying. That's right. Right? Make sure you, especially because you're going to own it for a while. The whole, I buy it and I sell it in a year and make money thing. I think Uh, that one's over too.
0: I agree. At least for the short term. I agree. And you got some folks, I I believe this is the last year of 100% bonus depreciation. So you got, yeah, some folks that would like to get something done year end, but they're not stressing about getting something closed right away they kind of still want to balance out waiting a little bit to see yeah. kind of what comes up but i think it's just you get the right asset in a right location you know one of one of my mentors told me back in the day he's like buy a bad deal in a good area i'm like what and <laughs> at least but at least it'll go up long term right if you own something long
1: enough it should go
0: up you know just hold on just don't sell yeah. you know so yeah
1: and so uh, we just have a minute left uh, It goes by quick we could do this all day, but in terms of where you see the market going, at least between now and the end of the year, as far as activity, values, even rents, I guess I'll go with those three. Give us your sort of final thoughts on uh, where you see it headed directionally.
0: Macro level, it, well, best case, it'll be it'll be flat, it'll be sideways, right? It could be down a little bit, depending. Pricing as far as interest rates, most likely it's going to be higher, right? We, we have to factor that in. The rents, there's still a lot of room to raise rents, and I think that probably will offset some rise in cost of capital. That's why I'm not too bearish on values. So I think it's if you blend it all together, it's probably going to be flat to maybe down a little bit.
1: Yeah. And so the word to the wise, I guess, for those folks out there who are thinking of buying, if you find a good deal and it makes sense, call Dan, he'll help you buy it. And if you're a seller. And you need to sell. now. Is probably a good time to do it. I think I'd do it sooner rather than later. And I guess for all of us uh, that are part of it, we'll see how the thing unfolds. That's it. Yeah. So listen, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts. I wish we had a two hour show. We would delve into a hundred other things I got <laughs> on my list, but uh, nonetheless is a pleasure and always uh, happy to get your thoughts. I wish uh, you and your family and your team uh, much continued success Thanks, Barry. Uh, and appreciate you coming on and sharing. your Thanks, thoughts. Thanks Barry. Let's do it again. Yeah. So, uh, i am barry Sawitz again president of the saywitz company uh for everybody out there thanks for tuning in we'll be back next week with more let's talk real estate a special thank you to paul and our producer sophia and the entire team uh here at oc talk radio uh once again uh, if it's tuesday uh, it's real estate thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week You've been listening to Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the current state of the real commercial real estate market right here in Southern California. On Orange County's only community radio station, OC
0: Talk Radio, streaming live from our studio here at the University of California, Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center.